After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That is right, we are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. So, uh, how's your, your cat? Cat's doing well. How about your cat? I don't have a cat. My name is Andrew Walsh. I have two cats. I'm here with Genevieve Has. She's one cool cat. Hey, Veeves. <laughs> How you Hi, doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. In fact, our um, our new co-host is here with There's us. our little bingo. Little bingo. Our new kitten just ran into the room and jumped up in the third chair in here, ready to do our first show together. Now, I think Bingo will be more of a silent partner. I'm I hope a, so. At least we hope that Bingo will be I mean, compared to our previous cats... Uh, he couldn't be any louder than yeah. those guys, but yeah, he's a very quiet, quiet little kitten, and he's so well behaved. And I'm getting pretty spoiled by yep. how well behaved he is. And he is excited for this, his first installment of After These Messages. That's which, right, it's his very first episode. That's right. And did you see he ran in here I right did, as the music yeah. started to sit on his chair? Okay, um, enough of that. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, There's everybody. There's going to be a We're little a li- bit of bingo talk. That's it. I'm just, I that's just, it. I think We're we should done. just own it. Like I don't, I We're, can't not mention I, him. I got it out of my system. It was just funny that he ran in here. It was just funny. Okay, coming up today on the show, a little locker room talk. Locker room talk. Well, uh, it's just locker room. Hey, it's, it's just locker room talk. It's nothing but locker room talk. And anything can be forgiven if you file it under locker room talk. Exactly. Talk, comma, locker room. What do you have cooking today? Well, I actually was, uh, I forget where I was, but I saw this commercial that takes place in a locker room, like a you know traditional sort of like coach pep talk kind of locker room with a team. And I thought, boy, that is a trope I have seen countless times and i you know i bet you that there's a whole show to be had and i know we've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of setting type shows lately have we what did we yeah. do last week um i think last year last week we did um like desert desert islands oh yeah deserted islands yeah and we've done a lot of sort of setting type shows and i you know so maybe we need to get back into more of like a conceptual idea at some point here but i don't know these locker room sh- locker room commercials uh are everywhere and it's just like it's kind of like one of those settings and those tropes that has a lot. It has a lot of ways that a marketer can kind of use it. And it's very familiar to mm-hmm. people. So it doesn't need a lot of setup. Like, what's happening here? Right. Who's this guy talking to a bunch of other guys in uniform? And I haven't watched any of these because, you know, I don't like to prepare. But um, it also just really sets up exposition very well because you always have a coach who's yelling at somebody all the exposition is done for you do we have any progressive flow commercials in here because i feel like that could be i could see them in a locker room there's definitely been some locker room ones with her i didn't grab that one Mm -hmm. but there's one that i'm thinking of in particular that that's pretty old now oh with her and jamie when jamie was really new he was like bad at sports or something exactly yeah Yeah, i I think it's the one where he says i'm lactose intolerant and he says that's okay this is milk (laughs) that's right oh jamie you you were born a star. Yes. That is such a good joke. It's a good joke. So so I didn't grab that one there, because honestly, there are so many. You don't have to go back that far to find some yeah. good ones. Um, so locker rooms is the is the topic today. Um, and I know you've got 
a BT dubs to share with us. Yes, I do. Of course, this is my VHS archiving project. Um, but also, I thought this was very interesting. One of those commercials from the 90s, a local commercial uh, from this region, maybe I should say regional commercial of the Pacific Northwest that I uploaded from the 90s, it got a comment on it, Veeves, from somebody who worked on the commercial and they said something That's along the, the line. That's the dream. Yeah. They, they were just like, I was telling my friend about this the other day and I Googled it and boom, there it is. That and is in essence yeah. what people envisioned when the internet was invented and then it turned into what it actually is. Yeah, and so it really made me feel good because that's exactly why I'm uploading these things so that people have those notions, whether it's somebody connected to it like this one or just somebody who's like, hey, remember that local commercial? Um, and, and how many times have you had that feeling and you can't find it because somebody didn't <laughs> upload a bunch of random VHS tapes? So anyway, I'm going to share with you that comment from somebody who worked on one of those Oberto ads. But let's start in the locker room. I do not know why you wanted to start with Rye or the Kaiser for this segment, <laughs> but I'll... <laughs> I'll uh, let yeah, it ride. When in doubt, always go with the Weird Al version of a song. Um, this is Locker Roomy. Um, okay, what do we want to start with? Is this the new one that you said kind of launched this episode? Yeah, so I'm interested to show this one to you. This is with Patrick Warburton. He, of course, is David Putty from Seinfeld. He had he was he had his own sitcom that I think like had sort of middling, but had a fairly long life uh, that I never watched. Um, and he's done a fair amount of commercials as well. He was like the control enthusiast who was like some, I forget what rent-a-car service that he was doing. And he's been in a number of commercials. So he's a fairly kind of like known quantity. Now he is um, pitching for Barefoot Wine, which also happens to be the official wine of the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's like a grocery store wine. Yes, yeah, a grocery yeah, store wine. Um, and he's in the locker room. He's talking to people who at first glance might seem to be like a football team, but then you kind of realize like, uh, they're, they're wearing different colored jerseys and they're more, they're, they're, they're different, you know, genders and ages. And so it's not really a football team. It's like kind of just like a bunch of friends or neighbors or something who are, who are getting this pep talk from him, the coach. Um, I'll be curious to see what you think of this. And if you feel like me, that there are some sort of weirdly unanswered questions but basically, we'll just start with him talking to this group of people, um, kind of giving them the, the traditional coach pep talk, but talking about um, how they could they can also just be enjoying wine during this time. Are we here to win? To be immortalized by our victory? Or are we here to enjoy some crisp barefoot Pinot Grigio? We're here to do both. I might not know which wine to pair with what, but you better believe I know how many bottles to bring, Ryan. And sure, wine and football can be complicated, but enjoying them should be easy! Yeah! So let's enjoy ourselves! Barefoot, the official wine sponsor of the NFL. So that's the first time I've seen it. It's I feel like that's when I need to watch a couple of times to take in what's going on. But so they're not in a locker room. There's just some lockers set up in somebody's living room yeah, while he's when, giving this coach. When we pull back, speech. we realize it's not really a locker room. And he's just talking to football fans. But he says he leans into one of the people in this group and says, isn't that right, Ryan? And I think that's Matt. I don't really know what Matt Ryan looks like, but I know Matt Ryan is a quarterback. 
And I think that might be him. Really? Yeah, take another look at it. It's not um Matt Ryan is not listed as one of the um as one of the like kind of celebrities in this commercial, although this website does sometimes but also it looks like oh is Matt Ryan playing for the Ravens? Because this looks like this guy is wearing a Ravens jersey. Um, it says he's a quarterback for the Colts. I don't think that's a Colts jersey. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, it might be a Vikings jersey. It's purple. Well, of course, it's not. It's not specifically branded to anything because they can't. It's not, well, actually, if it's the official wine, yeah. they could have an agreement. So that's what I find so confusing about this. There are some people in there who I who could be real football yeah. players, and then there are some other people who are clearly just civilians wearing football jerseys and the the writing doesn't make a ton of sense he said when he says i might not know what to pair with wine and he like pops out this tray of cheese Mm -hmm. to go with the wine but i'll know how many bottles to bring i guess like implying that he would always bring enough for everybody but it's just like a I, i feel like there's some piece of information here that i'm missing well, I'll tell you what, I was trying to look up whether or not that is Matt Ryan, so I typed in Matt Ryan Barefoot Wine, and literally the first result is Wiki Feet Men, Matt <laughs> Ryan's Feet, which I think I will not click on. Um, you know what surprises me, Genevieve, and I'm looking this up on the fly, so I don't know if I am, if I have the right one here, but when you said that you saw a commercial that's running now that takes place in a locker room, I thought for sure you were talking about another one featuring... This one definitely featuring an actual football man. Uh, the Little Caesars commercial. That didn't you and I see this a couple of times? And it always makes me laugh. You got Matthew Stafford. I almost went with Matt, and then I changed it to Matthew, which is why I pronounce it Matthew Stafford. <laughs> um, and he's in a locker room with some like young woman who works for Little Caesars, and she's in the coach role, okay. and she's like yelling pizza, pizza. But he's like pizza, pizza. She's like I can't hear you. I thought you. they were in the field for Little that Caesars one. Caesars is now the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Oh, this is a different one. Keep it hot. Okay, this is one. They, this one, they are out on a field, and they're like kind of running through exercises. I thought I saw. I mean, I def, there's another one where um, somebody is. And the the performance by the woman who's yelling at Matthew Stafford, like kind of doing the like, I can't hear you. I need it louder. Is really excellent. But I don't know if I can find this on the fly. But anyway. are you sure? I feel like I've seen the one you're talking about, and I think it takes place on the field. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it's the coach trope. But it's not the. Um, but it's not in a locker room. It's not in a locker room. Okay. Anyway, well, sorry for breaking the flow of the show. Well, let's look at this one for Arco. This is her Arco gas. Um, I I don't know if that's a national chain, but we certainly have it around here. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you have a guy filling up at Arco, filling up his his tank, and he starts imagining what it would be like to give a post game interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe for for doing such a great job at getting discount gas. <laughs> Quality top tier gas can help injure performance. Hmm. I wonder what that's like. Ricky, how does it feel to be a champion? Can't take all the credit. <laughs> this guy's performance on the road inspires me. He's the real MVP. <laughs> we did it, man. <laughs> and that the player he's talking to is his engine. And yeah, so they're in a locker room and it's interesting. I was picturing all these being football. Of course, this is he's a, like more of a baseball player in a baseball locker room and uh he's kind of dressed up like kind of like an old-timey baseball player. He's got like a in his fantasy, his mustache is all yeah. waxed. And then he uh and then yeah, there's a big engine block just sitting in the middle of the locker room. Oh, inspires me. He's the real MVP. We did it, man. And then he raises his 
he gives it a hug. Inspire me. We cut back to the Arco, and Arco. he's just hugging his the and the uh, hood of his car and whispering, "You inspire me." Yes, um, I have not. I haven't seen that one either. Now, I these you, are these are all running at the same. These are these are all current commercials. Now, this uh, little Caesar's commercial that I was telling you about, and I think I've only seen the little uh, the the cut down version of it, and I've got a long one here that I'm just going to play the heart of. Um, they are in some sort of a practice facility. So it looks like they are they're indoors giving me a locker room vibe, but you are right, they're on like some sort of an indoor practice field that it looks like they're in a in a like an airplane hangar. Yeah. Is that where football players practice and in airplane hangers. I mean, it's possible. Since I set this up, I'd like to just hear this woman's performance. Matthew Little Caesars is now the official pizza of the NFL. Let's hear it. Pizza pizza. Again. Pizza pizza. Pizza pizza. No! Pizza pizza! Pizza, pizza. <laughs> so I like this like I like that like this, you know, somewhat short woman is just sort of like making fun of Matthew Stafford. But yeah. okay. I've hijacked your show twice now. It's our show. Uh it's our show, but you 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 produce this and I'm unproducing it on the fly. Uh what else do you got? So as I started putting these together, it became clear that there are a handful of tropes. One of them, of course, is the um the coach pep talk, right? Yep. There's the coach pep talk. There's the there's the after game interview, which yep. we just saw with Arco. That's good. I didn't expect that. That's a good trope. Yep. Yeah. And then there's some that are just like players talking to each other in moments of repose, right? Like in mm. sort of in casual conversation, they find a way to talk about shampoo or whatever. Okay. Uh, but this is this is for direct TV, and it's um, all about how they don't quit. Unless you're talking about cable, and then it's okay to quit. So you've got the coach talking to the players. It's not what champions do. It's what champions don't do. They don't back down. They don't settle. And they don't quit. Except for cable. Cable. Yeah, you quit cable. Because we are cougars. And we don't quit. Unless what? Unless it's cable! Cable and switch to Direct TV and get the most live sports in 4K. More for your thing. That's our thing. One eight hundred. That's more of what I was expecting. A lot of in this, like the um, any given Sunday, yes. like kind of not in our house kind of speech. Exactly. Yeah. And then there are there are some more of those. Some more like locker room uh, coach coach pump up speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, this Michelob Ultra is actually one that I really like, just because we've been watching a lot of baseball lately, and we've seen the Mariners. Um, we saw them win a big game that moved them into further into the playoffs, and we saw them have like the big champagne, champagne jam. Oh the, yeah, at yeah. The end, in you the know, clubhouse, in the in the, yeah. in the locker room. Everybody wears uh, everybody wears their goggles. Yep. And it's become kind of a trope, I think, of people putting on the goggles mm-hmm. and and how the locker room itself has to be totally tarped off mm-hmm. in every like plastic sheeting everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so this is just kind of a fun. I, I like that as like an emerging. Um, piece of cultural currency mm-hmm. that people are are sort of aware of, especially if you're if you're playing these commercials during postseason, you know. Yeah, baseball. exactly. Yeah. People are familiar now with this idea of a of a sheeted off locker room because I think it's interesting to think like once upon a time those kinds of celebrations were a little bit more spontaneous, and you probably did get. Mm-hmm champagne and stuff in your eyes and on your clothes and yeah and in your lockers and whatever and so at some point somebody realized like okay we're gonna do this every time there's you know 
a really momentous win. Mm-hmm. Let's not fuck up all our shit every time. Right, exactly. And we can't in- in- injure our players because we still have games exactly. to play. So everybody's wearing their goggles. It's like, who wants to spontaneously like pour champagne all over the place? Yeah, but like it's not yeah. spontaneous. No. We were watching that big game that the Mariners won um, where they did that uh, at a, a bar, our bar Teddy's. And the woman sitting next to me was just sort of very indignant that they were putting on those goggles. Oh, really? She couldn't get over how like inauthentic it felt to her. I think it was her it was basically her takeaway. Oh, I missed all of that. Yeah, I was. I mean, it, there's a point there, sort of. Sort of, but it felt very sort of churlish to me because I was uh-huh. like, well, these dudes have to go play like at literally least, the next literally day, literally the right? next day in yeah. this case, and like it just felt sort of like. I don't know. Like easy for you to say, lady. Yeah, right. You know, like, like I don't, I don't know what you do in your job, but I bet you that if like something's going to be important the next day, you don't pour champagne all over it just to celebrate. Yeah, right. If you know that you can avoid ruining it. I don't come to your work and slap the plastic tarp out of your hands. <laughs> Is that what you said? That's what I said. Yeah. I turned around and said that to her. Yeah, I mean that's a very specific comeback. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't apply in a lot of instances. Yeah, you gotta you deploy it very uh, strategically. So, okay, so this is the commercial for, this is a quickie. It looks like, I haven't seen this. This is 15 seconds long. It's for Michelob Ultra. Yeah, it's for Mick Ultra. And it's um, just, I, I'm not sure if there's any voiceover, but all you're seeing is a lone guy who's like clearly an equipment manager or something mm-hmm. just taping up the the plastic tarping in the late it's i think it's for the lakers locker room for like a, if it were if the lakers are going to have a big win this is a wonderful day. yeah i think it's just music so it's like he's wearing a mask too no, so. noteworthy that he's wearing yeah. a mask very timely oh and then so the guy who's taping everything up is now he just takes a little his extra tape and balls it up and then sort of like does like a jump shoot into the trash can with a jump it. shoot is that what they call it i think it's a jump shot oh yeah jump shot a jump <laughs> he does, shoot he does a jump shoot <laughs> and then he kind of like does he, he kind of gives himself some props <laughs> and he's like you know it's just a little guy he's not yeah. like you know some nba all-star but he has this he has this role to play um it made me think too of um a colleague of mine her son works uh for this works for the mariners organization Mm -hmm. in kind of a not not exactly that role but like a support role where he is in the room when they have these big celebrations and like occasionally will will show up on a broadcast as like just a background like an extra Mm -hmm. basically you know but like these organizations are so huge and they're all these people who i think you know kind of like this guy doing his little jump shoot Mm-hmm. Uh, a jump shoot, kind of taking ownership and enjoying it from that perspective. I, I just thought it was a nice moment. I don't have anything very clever to say about this. It was just a nice one. And interesting to point out that it was uh, airing in 2020, so this was probably like the postseason of that bubble year, when, yeah. or that bubble season when the NBA With was the mask playing. And everything. Yeah, exactly. So really showing everybody being very careful there. Um, also, I think I might have um, skipped over this Netflix uh, oh, yeah, commercial we did. as well. This what one's this very one? funny. I like this one a lot. This is the um, this is again that trope about the coach giving the pep talk. But mm-hmm. I, as I think you'll hear from it uh, from the dialogue, uh, coaches can give lots of different kinds of c- coaches. Coaches' speeches can be a little bit formulaic. I mm-hmm. guess is what I'm trying to say. Do you remember that scene? From that movie on Netflix, the team was down, huh? and the coach, he, 
He gave that speech. Yeah, yeah. You remember that scene? Yeah. You remember what he said? Yeah. 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 Well, that, gentlemen, is what I am saying. <laughs> I love it. Get it. To get it. Watch movies, TV episodes, and original series instantly on your TV and more. I love that. That's almost like Stella-esque parody, it right? It is. It's so, it leans so hard into the fun of the tropes. And I think it's a great ad for Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's just... Get it to get it. Like, if you if you want to get this joke, you got to watch movies and you need Netflix. Yeah, and like, it reminds you that you that you might enjoy that trope in a movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, love it. that gentleman is what I'm saying. <laughs> also, noteworthy, for whatever reason, they made that a hockey team. Oh, yeah, that is good. So we've gotten so far baseball yep in the in the arco commercial basketball in the Michelob ultra commercial we had football Def- for definitely the plenty of football couple of football ones now we've had hockey but the one thing you won't see and women is any female athlete. I was gonna ask you actually and I looked when you when you told me you were putting the show together earlier that that the show she was done I almost asked you like do you have female representation in this you couldn't find any huh the only places you can find women in the locker room and I this is you know consistent with my general policy on these kinds of setting shows is that I'm not trying to talk about commercials that have to take place in a locker room because of the type of product. Yeah, that they right, are. right, right. You don't want it to be like it's not. It's not sports shoes. Or exactly. Whatever. Yeah, sports shoes. I believe sports they're, shoes. They're yeah, called. for the, when you do the jump shoots. For when you're doing jump shoots, definitely do you wear have your any sports, sports shoes. shoes that are good for <laughs> jump shoots. So right. So I so I stayed away from like Nike yeah. and um and locker room commercials. You know. Um, the They're, close-up of somebody tightening the right. lace on their shoe before they and in those, go running. For some of those, I think there are women athletes um, involved in them. But there are none where... This is the thing that I, I always come back to, and I think it's interesting and sad and telling, is that when you need to show a trope, when you need to show a shorthand, mm-hmm. you default to the stereotype. Yeah, like right? why couldn't I mean why couldn't any of these commercials just be a women's basketball team? There's or no reason, any, you know, except you know sexism yeah. and shorthand. Yeah, exactly. Although I, will say I do there's wonder, more, there's more racial diversity because sports. Yeah, I wonder though if you're watching a WNBA game, if you do see more, and not just the like. You push yourself. Right, exactly. You, you know, like yeah. whatever, those things are the, so terrible. But The, the um, somber, achievement-oriented Exactly, and, and you see women of all body types yeah. running through the streets, um, which, I mean, that's good. I'm not trying to dismiss the, the representation there, but, but it's also like... But you only get like, it when it's about representation. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. let's have representation when that's not the whole point of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a Nike running commercial now where they just show, like... They show all kinds of people running yeah. and cl- they don't mention it necessarily, but they show they show, you know, like kind of really fit athletes who are at the top of their game running. And you also just see other people. And I think this is a woman focused commercial that I'm thinking about. And they I know which one you're the, talking the, about. I don't think the message specifically says anything about it, but it's like you just see while you have that that um, inspirational music yeah. and the inspirational voiceover, they're trying to show Whoever you are, you can run. They are, and that is explicit. Whether that is absolutely the message and the key, mm-hmm. the key message of that ad yeah. and representation and inclusivity is a big part of it. I'm not knocking it. I think it's great to have inclusivity in serious mm-hmm. context. I also think it's great to have it, yeah, in funny context. No, I agree. Yeah. Um. All right. 
I so, wish women could play sports because then we could see more of that. I know. Well, when a woman can, when a woman can dunk, then we'll yeah. start to see women in locker rooms. <laughs> That's I, right. I agree. Um, all right. Uh, we talked Mick Ultra. We talked Netflix. Let's talk about Trade Station. This is another coach speech. Trade Station. Trade Station is Trade Station. <laughs> trade Station. It, trade Station <laughs> is a um, a day trader or you know like a personal stock trading. Uh, mm-hmm. site that you've never heard of um, <laughs> but I actually thought this one was kind of funny and and, I, and I'm actually glad that you that you inverted the or you you swapped out the Mick Ultra for the Netflix generic coach speech because this is another one that takes aim at the coach speech as a as a trope or a joke that can be played with and I think you'll get the joke as you listen to the dialogue listen up you know your strategy and we back tested it all year long casting you need to visualize your trend line and set your exit. If you see an opportunity, you go long on the play. You guys all understand what absolute return means? You gotta have fire in your belly to maximize your yield. There's no put option on winning. It ain't like that. You know you're ready for Trade Station. Seize opportunities with real-time alerts and custom trade So as his speech strays farther and farther from football fundamentals to day trading fundamentals, mm-hmm. his like assistant coaches and players are kind of looking at each other like, what is this guy talking about? It's also kind of interesting because on the white uh, marker board behind him, like you see something that at one point was definitely uh, like some sort of X's football and X's and O's. But it, it, am I wrong about this? Is it starting to change? Like as we see it, you can tell that it almost like also represents a, a bar graph. I think it does. Yeah. yeah, I think it's meant to be sort of morphing, or he's it's it's been sort of hijacked to become a um, a stock trading. Uh, some kind of stock trading graph. He gestures towards it at one point, and one of these uh, players, kind of a stockier guy, kind of looks at it <laughs> and looks back, at the, looks back at the coach, like very confused. I actually like the reaction shots of a lot of those kids in that. That's good. Yeah, it's like a weirdly, um, the performances are weirdly good in that what is otherwise seems like a very throwaway ad. Now, I see, I don't think I've seen this next commercial that you have up. I see that it's for uh, T-Mobile, and it, it looks like it's starring Paul Shear. We've talked about this campaign before. Okay. I can't remember now if we talked about this one. But Paul Shear and Yvette Nicole Brown um, of, community, oh, of yeah. community fame did a whole series of T-Mobile ads where they yes. they embodied different characters. Like there was one in a courtroom and one, and then this one that was in a, a football team locker room. We did talk about. It. We can revisit it, obviously, but yeah, we did talk about this one. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's again, it's like that. It's that idea of like, how can we use this this setting and these existing tropes and these like well understood roles um, to make a pitch? And this is for T-Mobile. I don't know some T-Mobile service slash phone. We're getting the story out there. We need a plan. I have a plan right now at T-Mobile. Customers on Magenta Max can get the new iPhone 13 Pro and T-Mobile will pay for it. It has the most advanced iPhone camera ever. I'm talking new customers. I'm talking existing customers like Ronald. The new iPhone on T-Mobile. Let's do it. New and existing customers can upgrade to the iPhone You know, Pro this ca- I, I like both of those people, um, although when you... St- we're gonna get cream. We'll be on team. Oh yeah, then at the end there's like a, a, a joke where one of the assistant coaches says, Do we have a plan for the second half? And Paul Shear says, No, we're gonna get creamed. And like this I complained about it last time. Like it's just so it's just so unfocused. It's just not it's not funny. And I feel like the trope doesn't even hold up. Like 
the trope isn't you have one coach who's yelling and another coach comes in with a new plan and then an assistant coach yeah. is look it's just like stick with the trope if you're going to do a trope it's just not funny it's like you don't know it, it's just so funny because I think of Paul Shears being good at parody like yeah. he's good at that shit but this is such a well he didn't write it obviously he didn't write it yeah. um, and boy these phone uh, companies uh, and certain plans have a real bad track record of using very funny celebrity spokespeople in yeah. bad ways. But I agree with you. I think that that whole Paul Sherry event, Nicole Brown campaign was really ill-conceived and poorly executed. Like they don't, they didn't have a clear concept of what their, of what the jokes were going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think they just counted on them being people that, that they're ki- the kind of people they were trying to entice as customers would would gravitate to or be happy to see on screen. And to to a degree, that works. Because like if I'm in a bar or I'm just half paying attention, I see I see an actor or a comedian or somebody that I like and mm-hmm. my brain makes the association with the product. And I think that's probably good for T Mobile. I think, you know, what it doesn't do is bear bear up under a lot of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And nobody, to be fair, is making a commercial for T-Mobile with the idea that, like, well, if a podcast does, like, a 20-minute deep dive on it, like, I hope it holds up. Yeah, but, it, it, but I mean, it should hold up in some way. Like, if you're going to have this thing where everybody's – it's just, like, it's all energy without any substance. Yes, it's, like, it's, it's energy without substance. It's just, like, That's I'm exactly yelling, and right. I'm yelling, and I'm yelling. But, like, none of it holds <laughs> together. And, like, if you are going to have some sort of scene, if somebody are thinking, like, oh, Andrew, you're taking this too literally, like – that's you know maybe like that's the joke they're both they're both yelling and but then it should be more like that is the plot of the commercial one coach is doing his thing and then another coach comes in and she ruins it or takes it over but it's just like it's just happening but that's not it's not it's not turning anything on its head it's just like again it's everything is in the pattern of parody but it's not really just so they can jam in these talking points and the the courtroom one felt the same way even worse oh and then there was a um and then there was a uh, uh, a morning TV show right. talk show one that they right, did like too. Right, like a like a The View or something mm-hmm, yeah. or, or whatever. Regis and Kelly. God, how old am I? That's the that's the my go to reference for like a morning chat show. This is why, because I almost said to you, because I can't say Paul Shear anymore without saying why. Why is Paul Shear funny? <laughs> and I'm trying now. I'm blanking on the comedian who said Eddie that. Pepitone. So, Eddie, Eddie Pepitone. Yes, when I met Eddie Pepitone, and he came on to be on TBTL and. He just came in full of piss and vinegar. And came in hot. It was somehow like, I don't know, bashing the league or something. Said something about Paul Shear. I'm like, oh, I like Paul Shear. And he just challenged me immediately. And we had barely said hello. He's like, you like Paul Shear? Why? Can you tell me why he's funny? Tell me why. I it's get like, oh. why a comedian would not. Okay, like, let me just say this quickly. I thought the league was funny. Mm-hmm. But it also was like empty calories in a lot of way. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. jokes were, it was very, I mean, it was. You hope there's a lot of Manzukas and you what? just have to hope for Manzukas and and Kroll, I think. Yeah, um, and the guy who made up the story about where he was on 9/11, never forget that. I mean, that guy was one of the weakest parts of the show. He was I a think. weak part, anyway. But like, do we all do we do we remember his name? Do we all remember that like one of the main characters yeah. on the league basically hasn't worked in almost a decade now, or like seven or eight years because. He basically had been going around town telling everybody that he was like. His name was Steve Ranazizi. And what was his? He he, he lied a for of, years. Yeah. He said that he was like, and it was so stupid. Very very close. He was close. Like he was in New York, but he just like he just 
embellished the story to make it be that he, I think, was in the Twin Towers or was actually in, in the, the Twin or in, or the, in the action in some way. Yes, yeah. he was somehow closer to the action than he was, and it was so fucking stupid. I mean, what? Like, who, I mean, it was like of the, anybody who does that. But then, if you're like a famous person who's actually got interesting stories to tell at like this any dinner party, in why? In no you... way did it ever benefit his career one iota. To think for people to think this about him, right? Like it, it, it served no purpose except, I guess, for dining out on this story. And it was like the downside. It was all downside. Like I, I'm what just gonna, a dummy. I'm sorry, I did not even know all of these details. So I'm going to tell you exactly what his lie was. Um, this is from it looks like Entertainment Weekly. I can't tell when this was originally published, um, but it was updated recently. But anyway, um, it says in an interview in 2009, Renizi is that how we're saying I think it's, it? It's uh, Ranazizi. Ranazizi described working at Merrill Lynch as an account manager in the South Tower when the first plane struck the North Tower. Quote. I worked in the 54th floor of the second tower. I was there. The first tower got hit and we got jostled all over the place. Then the Port Authority came on the loudspeaker. Explosion in Tower 1. Things are being taken care of. Everyone remain where you are. Stay calm. We're figuring things out. And I was like, I'm going to check this thing out. I went downstairs, went outside, saw the pandemonium, and then about five or six minutes later, bang, and implied the second tower was struck. Uh, anyway, so he now admits that he was lying about it. So he's going on in interviews telling this story. And I just don't know. I mean, I shouldn't be diagnosed. Is it just pathological? Like, why would you do that? What is the upside? That's what I'm saying. There's no upside to this for him. Like, he has one story that he can dine out on a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's, I mean, I, I just don't understand that. Like, again, but I also, I think he told that story. Well, if he's being interviewed about it, he's already famous enough to be being interviewed. But it may be one of those things where he's told the story now to enough people mm -hmm. that if he doesn't say it in the interview, it's going to be weird to those people. So he hopes that by you know, propagating the lie again in the interview, it actually shores up his claim. And, you know, there was a lot of confusion and it might be sort of hard to prove who was and who wasn't in the towers, right? In his apology, he says, after I moved with my wife to Los Angeles from New York City in 2001, shortly after 9-11, I told people that I was in one of the World Trade Center towers. It wasn't true. I was in Manhattan, but working in a building in Midtown, and I was not at the Trade Center that day. I don't know why I said yeah. this. It was inexcusable. Ultimately, so, that's the answer. He doesn't know why. And it, you know what? And he swept up. It's not like he was telling the story five, six, seven years later. He just moved to L.A. 9-11 mm -hmm. just happened. He's meeting a bunch of people he's making his mark or trying to make his mark in la he's trying and to people create an like, impression you were working in finance it and, and 9 11 just happened were you there yes, yes i was you know right. and then and then somebody hears about it then an interviewer asks him about it so then he's putting it on the record oh my god friends anyway. and neighbors just tell the truth yeah just tell the truth anyway that's what we're talking about on the show today i <laughs> I'm just trying to remember how we got there. Paul Shear. Paul Shear. Oh, on the league. Never right. lied about 9-11 to my knowledge. As far as we know. All he, right. He really was in the tower. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's not funny, Vibes. Okay, Head and Shoulders. Oh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like Head and Shoulders is very 
kind of like back in the 80s, I think of them as kind of athlete Well, I think that's true. But they, what they definitely did do um, more recently uh, in the, probably the last 10 years was you remember the, the football player Troy Polamalu? Oh, yeah. Um, of the he, Steelers. He of the Steelers. He of the famous. I mean, he really became iconic for his long, luscious, Very wavy long, locks, curly hair, long, curly yeah. hair. And so uh, Head and Shoulders did a huge campaign with him. That That's went a good on, get, man. Went on for years, right? It was a very smart, uh, you know, way for him to brand and them to brand. I think it was a great partnership. And many of these ads took place at least partially in a locker room where he's talking with his. And I don't know the Steelers well enough to know if these were all other footballmen, mm-hmm. but definitely Troy Polamalu talking to his his teammates or somebody who's playing, you know, pretending to be a teammate. Um, about the merits of uh, of head and shoulders, and in this first one, you have a teammate again. Could be a real stealer. I don't know. Could uh, be Matt Ryan. Could be Matt Ryan. Could be Matt. I don't Ice. know. What I they... don't think that guy was Matt Ryan, by the way. I guess you're right. I think it would have popped up before his Wiki Feet page, but I could be wrong. Probably, although that Wiki Feet page is probably getting a lot of action. Wiki <laughs> um, Feet. What a great time to be alive. Uh, so in this, his teammate is asks asks Palomalu, who already has, as you know, like a big, full head mm-hmm. of curly hair, if he's using head and shoulders because this specific uh, formulation is meant to make hair more full. Yo, Troy, you've been using my shampoo because it's for guys who want thicker looking hair. I didn't use it. Didn't you? No. <laughs> didn't you? Yes. Head and shoulders. <laughs> and <laughs> it's very Geico-like. Yeah, his hair just Each gets bigger Each time he cuts back bigger. to him, his hair gets bigger and bigger until it's just absurdly big. And he looks down. He does a nice performance. He just sheepishly says, yes. <laughs> so this is before. So does the campaign, because I remember him being the pitch man for it, but in this in this instance. I think this is maybe the. He's using somebody else. This else's. is the origin story. That's interesting. This is then Head and Shoulders start. origin stories. What are those? Um... <laughs> I like Head and Shoulders Infinity War. I think they <laughs> stuck the landing. Um, some of it's really dark. Um, but isn't there, you say it's a kind of Geico-esque. I don't like that campaign. Is it the Geico campaign where it's like somebody's in a locker, or no, in a gym, and they're working out, and each time they cut to them, they're more and bigger more jacked. and more and more. There's a, there were a couple of Geico ads that were revolved around the same joke. One was like, Christmas lights on a house that get more and more elaborate. One was a guy mm-hmm. in a in a gym who I think gets more and more jacked. I think there's one where like a mustache gets crazier and crazier. I didn't like him. Well, I like this one with Paul. I Malo. like this one. Yeah, no, whatever I do. happened it's to Paul Malo? He must have. Oh, I think he just retired. Yeah. yeah, we could look it up, but uh, I'm gonna try not to Google on the fly here. Um, so this is the next one. Now he is officially the pitch man. He's the he's advocating for the use of uh, head and shoulders, and he's being interviewed in the locker room post game. I'm here with Troy Polamalu. Tell us about the goal line stand. Well, I owe my great hair to head and shoulders. It's for more just dandruff. That's not what I asked, Troy. Isn't it? No. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see, like they have the sort of the same joke structure, right? Yeah, Which I right. like. I think it's, yeah. I think it's subtle and pretty good. Just keep repeating it until you get the answer that you want. Exactly. Which is honestly a decent strategy. Sometimes you say that sometimes the best part of the show are the tangents. Yeah. I'm about to test that theory. Great. <laughs> really Bring it put on. It to test here because this commercial reminds me. Have, do you ever go on a flight of fancy in your mind? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I've. Uh, let you, me see. Yes, I have gone on a flight of fancy and then you in my about mind. It, and then you remember it later. You're <laughs> like, what was I? Why was I thinking that? Because okay. I swear. So the idea that this reporter just asked a sportsman <laughs> a question and the sportsman gave a totally unrelated answer. Right. Is exactly a daydream I was having at lunch today. Okay. This is a true story. I mean, I would hope it's so. It's not a good story. God, I hope you're not making this up. <laughs> it's not a good story, but it's a true story. I was eating my salad because obviously my body is a temple. This body made by salad. <laughs> That's right. No. I was eating a, a, a rare salad for lunch. Doing my little routine, listening to the sports radio station while doing Wordle. That's that's my lunch thing. I, I take know. a quick break from work, go upstairs, usually make a salad, listen to the sports show that I like that's on around one, and uh, and play Wordle. If Wordle is easy, then I pay more attention to what's going on on the radio. And if Wordle is hard, I'm not really hearing it. And I think maybe that's what I was contemplating in a corner of my brain while I was doing Wordle, which I found kind of difficult today. Mm-hmm. Got it in four but it took a long time. Yeah. Um, and so I realized I wasn't really listening to the radio that closely. And they had on a reporter who I thought was going to be a Seahawks reporter for the Seattle Times. But maybe I got that backwards. Maybe they were talking Seahawks, but I thought they were having a Mariners reporter on for some reason. And about halfway through the interview, I kind of perk up a little bit. And I'm like, oh, they're not talking about the Mariners. And then I went on this little fanciful joy, uh, fanciful joyage, a joyful, fanciful voyage. <laughs> In my mind where I'm a producer at a talk radio station like 710 ESPN uh-huh. and I take all the host's questions and leave them the, the same, but I intersplice answers from a different interview about a totally different sport. And could anyone tell? And I just like, and I wonder like how long does it take for somebody to text into the radio station? Like something is going on here because it's not like you're playing the wrong tape. You're hearing the interview questions and then you're making the answers totally they sound like the rhythm of a sports answer, but they're totally disjointed because you're talking about a different sport. And I just went oh, it on has this to be whole a different sport, not or, just a different or, game. Or maybe just like, because but just unrelated. Something we talk a lot about at sports uh, post game interviews is, and of course, Russell Wilson was the absolute king of this. Yeah. Is the absolute generic non answers that are just a bunch of sports cliches. Yes. And, you know, you gotta you know, it's the separations in the preparation and it takes all of us and it's you just a gotta blah, take blah, it one, blah, game, at one game at a time and like time. we can't think about like, that right now. So boring. Mm-hmm. So boring. You just gotta go you just gotta go one and oh every game. When they once in a while break out of their just robot uh, you know, canned answers and say something human and authentic it can be really fun, yeah. but you have to wade through a lot of bullshit. So I, think, I wonder. I think there that you could do that, and in a certain, if you were kind of careful with how you picked it, no one would ever know. Yeah, no, that isn't that isn't even what I was thinking about because that would almost be like, yeah, that'd be making some sort of a kind of a statement, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, like a commentary, and, and also nobody would notice because if you're talking to a player, but this was like a reporter, and it would be very obvious if you if like oh, the I reporter understand. interviews are actually usually kind of you know we're talking I to I, I think they were... had Bob Condota of the Seattle Times on to talk about what's going on behind okay. the scenes with the Seahawks. You so know? what would your what would your point it was of just your like, flight of fancy be? 
I don't know. I was drunk on salad. I don't know. Like I'm just remembering this now that I was just oh, kind you of were like salad drunk. I was I was salad drunk. I was also drinking heavily. Just just like I mean, how many martinis do you have with your uh, salad at lunch upstairs in the kitchen? Um, but uh, oh, it's a three martini salad. <laughs> it was a three salad martini. Um, I don't know what that means. I, it just sounded funny when I opened my mouth. Okay, let's just move on. I don't know why I was thinking about that, but I was thinking like, boy, I just like at what point if it really because if it really didn't make sense at what point would a listener say hey something weird is going on but again it couldn't just be you're playing the wrong interview because the it's just like the questions and answers don't yeah. match up god i wish more people would do funny pranks when they get when they quit their broadcast job <laughs> yeah i know mostly they can't because they need to work again yeah but man when occasionally when they when someone does something like a like pulls a prank on their way out the door mm -hmm. and it makes it on air god it's the best and also something like I think that would be should good get, i think if you quit your job in broadcast and you have the capacity to do some kind of funny prank, as long as it's not mean. As long as it's not mean-spirited or vulgar. As long as it's not, like, abusive or, or vulgar like that. Like, I think you should get a freebie. Yeah. Everybody gets a freebie. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. What's the Snickers commercial? Okay, so this is, I want to say, it's definitely not an American sport. I want to say it's either, like, rugby. I think it's probably rugby. Or maybe soccer. Uh, but in a place where it's called football. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they're 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 English speakers, but they're like have they have British accents, I think, or some kind of accent. But it's one of those Snickers ads where someone is not behaving like themselves because oh yeah they have not had a Snickers or they have not had some food. like it looks like somebody's talking to Roseanne Barr and she's like dressing him exactly. down and then they take a bite of their Snickers and it turns out it was your buddy Doug the whole time because your... Doug's not himself when but he doesn't Doug's, have a... yeah Doug's like a racist conspiracy theorist when mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't have a Snickers I guess. Uh, no, this is Joan Collins, uh, you know. Uh, jo Joan Collins? Yeah. Um, Joan Collins, like yeah. kind of famous, like glamorous lady. Yeah. Was she, has, was she on a soap opera? And she was like big in the 80s, right? Big in right? the 80s, So yes, when is this, com this is a commercial from overseas and it's now and it stars Joan Collins? I don't know if this is still on, on the air, but okay. it's, it's more new than Joan Collins. It's okay. like she's, el she's older in this. Okay. I don't want to say she's elderly, but she's dressed like Joan Collins with like a big decolletage bearing like blue, uh, you know, lame dress. And she's in the locker room and she's really dressing down these her, her teammates. Okay. She was born in 1933, by the way. I don't know if that helps this commercial or not. Okay. Which one of you losers nicked my deodorant? Who'd want to smell like you? No, who would have smelled like you? Nice. Mature. Zip it, shrimpy. Done. Eat your Snickers. Why? Because you turn into a right diva when you're hungry. Better? Better. You're not you when you're hungry. It was his Snickers. buddy all yes, along. So this is from a British campaign that is exactly like the American yes. campaign. Yes. That's interesting. But Joan Collins does not, She's she doesn't have a British accent, right? She's just got an American. I think she might have. Which one of you losers nicked my deodorant? Oh, she... No. She I says nicked, but I don't think I, I don't think that's a British accent. Yeah. Oh no, she is an English she is an English actress, author, oh. and columnist. Okay, that's where I was confused there because I, I see. So they are they're just like mirroring the campaign with famous British people and 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 uh, soccer or football players. That's Interesting. Right. I like that one, and it's in a locker room. Uh, this <laughs> next one is actually running. If not now, it's definitely been running recently because I've seen it in the wild quite a few times. 
This is the only one um, that does not have human players. Instead, it has a bunch of wheels of cheese, anthropomorphized. And oh. this is for Cheez-It and their campaign about like aging and maturing their cheese. Yeah, They're so committed I've to this, this idea, which I think is like, just a, like, I just feel like Cheez-Its is really not understanding what people like about cheese. It's not like the fine quality of the cheese. It's not the, the fine quality of your aged cheese. Right, because it's just powder. I mean, who knows, man? Like, all I can tell you is I just like the way snacks taste. And if the mm-hmm. snacks taste good, I don't care if you made them in a Frankenstein laboratory. Is that your pitch? And is that your ad right there? Just single camera shot on you. Just right. And black then, background. And then just like zoom in slowly as I say this. <laughs> and and like, just, just saying, listen to me now. I don't know what to tell you, man. I just like snacks. And I don't, I don't care. care if they made them in a Frankenstein <laughs> laboratory. <laughs> But this, like, oh, we age our cheese so that these crackers are like so good. It's like, eh, and then I, a, then I could do a commercial who where, gives a rat? where I say I can't believe how expensive snacks are. So I bought a Frankenstein factory in Germany, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just dis, we're disrupting the paradigm. Okay, so I've one, seen these. So these little cheese balls or wheels of cheese are almost like the M and M's, right? They're an- anthropomorphized cheese but they, wheels. They don't talk a lot. They're, okay. They 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 have movement, but they don't have real personalities. And like I think it's minions. a little. They're a little bit miniony. I think that's true. This is a little bit of a cheat because this is more like a room where they do the like X's and O's and stuff and the like game prep. I don't know if it really qualifies as a locker room. Oh, it's more room. like a meeting room, like yeah, you'd see like a training in, room. Uh, in in Hard Knocks. Yes, uh, but, but still, close I mean, enough. Come on. I'm sure it's in the same building as the locker room. Team, it's been a grind. But I think I've aged you well. Nope. You know what? This is a locker. There are lockers, there are lockers behind them. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start this over. I just wanted to make sure that you got points. Team, it's been a grind. But I think I've aged you well. Some might say perfect. Who's ready to show them who's the cheesiest? I woke up they were the cheesiest cheese So they do talk. I guess they do talk. They do talk. But they don't have a lot of personality. No, they They don't even have eyes. No, none of them are wearing go-go boots and none of them are too sexy. Yeah. Or not sexy enough. Or what is Tark what doesn't matter. (laughs) I almost said what's what's Tucker Carlson's problem, but you know what? Uh, I don't know if we have time for that, yeah. (laughs) Where to begin? Um, okay, looks like we have. Are we down to one? Yes, I love this one. This one made me laugh. Um, it does have your most hated person, Jim Harbaugh, in it. Um, but we start in the 49ers locker room, and they're getting a, a pep talk, a coach pep talk from someone that we don't recognize. He looks just like a civilian, but he's he's there to give them a pep talk. All eyes right here. This is our year. I thought it was last year. Turns out I was wrong. None of us would walk in here and settle. That's how we are. I forgot what I was going to say. Patrick, I want 100% commitment. Because I care, man, okay? <laughs> then he said, so I have not seen this. I don't know where this is going, but I love it. So this guy is clearly not prepared for A little this bit out of his depth. coaching job. He forgets what he's going to say. And then he's like, you know, doing that thing where he's like tapping some big football player right in the chest plate, right? As yeah. he's yelling at him. And then he gives him, and then it cuts to him, like kind of giving him a hug and being held by the football player as <laughs> he took. Patrick, I want 100% commitment. Because I care, man, okay? Who are we? Yeah! What the heck is going on in here? Sorry, Coach, I just got a little carried away. And that's Jim Harbaugh entering this guy. For a chance to be in a locker room on game day and more, join these. So just some random guy ends up in the locker room. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a um, 
it's a it's a like contest. a contest or a you know sweepstakes or something to be in the locker room on game day I with see. the 49ers. And then this guy kind of he presumably won that contest or he could be you but he took it a little bit too far. Yeah. Have you ever heard They don't let Jim, Now Jim Harbaugh's the one who there's the that thing we love so much that's who said it Jim Harbaugh or the Zodiac? Yeah, um David Roth. Yes, the, um, I love David Roth. Now, have you? Do you know that Jim Harbaugh loves milk? Did does Jim Harbaugh love milk? I don't know. Yes, that. and have you ever heard the video? I also love milk. No, you're a big milk guy. I'm, I'm a big milk guy. Oh, it looks like they took it off of of YouTube here. Hold on. He tweets about milk a lot, and then at one point, <laughs> here, here, this is 52 seconds. This I didn't is, even know that was a Twitter identity that you could have. Uh, I mean, I would I'm have been a lot you, better at Twitter if I knew that that was an option. I haven't heard this in years. I don't know if it's going to pay off or not. I think our friend Caitlin sent this to me a long time ago. Let's see here. Can it, does it say um, when this is from? This was from August of 2015. So this okay, is from so he's, forever he's ago. He's Michigan now. He's um, yeah, and it looks or like he is in, in Michigan in this. And, um, wow, he's been there for a long time now, hasn't he? Um, time really flies. Wait, this is interesting. No, no, in 2015, he was still coaching the 49ers. Maybe, though, because he was an alum or something like that, he's back at Michigan for this thing. He definitely had a huge, like, legacy with Michigan. Either way, he's at some sort of press conference here uh, for the Michigan um, University of Michigan Health System. He's given some talk, and then some kid asks him a question, I believe, about milk or about health and Harbaugh just turns it into a question about milk. I don't remember. How are we doing, Brady? Good. Good. What's your question? How much milk do I have to drink to be big enough to be quarterback? Can I give you a hug? <laughs> he gets on a knee, gives the kid a hug, and then says something funny here, I think. That is a great question. And I love that you're thinking about that. Uh, drink as much milk as your little oh, belly yeah. can hold. At all times, drink as much milk as your could be chocolate milk, <laughs> could be uh, could be the two percent, but the the ideal is the whole milk. That's the ideal, as much as your little belly can hold. He just keeps saying that, and he's staring the kid down. Thank you. Thank so you. is and also he says that is and I know weird. that I grew up saying milk yeah, too, he says but milk he big says time. Me, that big Midwestern milk. Yeah, drink as much milk as your little, as belly. Your little belly, and he can just hold. says your little belly several times to the point where like first time okay, <laughs> second time okay, third time okay. Too much. <laughs> I think I think we're good. All right, let's do it. You know, I guess we're calling this VHS segment BT Dubs. Yep. We decided on that last week. Um, although your brother, who's also a listener uh, to the show or of the show, I don't know what the preposition is there. Um, he texted me this weekend and said, what about Vives HS, which is perfect in every way except, except it's not your segment because i have you, nothing not to do with this segment and yeah. I, but i love vives hs i like vives so hs much. if i was if i bt dubs and vives hs yeah but i i have nothing i mean i have no hand on this tiller okay well this is a commercial actually this one is a is a promo a network promo from 1995 okay okay and um in one of the tapes that i've been dubbing or, or kind of pulling into my computer and digitizing um 
they are going hard on the Stephen Bochco show called Murder One. Now, mm-hmm. do you know anything about Murder One? No, um, it rings the very faintest of bells. I mean, Bochco for a minute there like could get anything he wanted mm-hmm. on network television. I was looking at the it, it, one thing about this. So it aired for only two seasons, I believe, 1990. Oh, maybe maybe three. It says it, it ran from 95 to 97. So I don't know how that kind of um, how it got chopped up. Oh, no, yeah, two seasons here. Um, but then I was reading. I was like, well, what is it about? And so I read the synopsis off of IMDb and I got say it sounds like it was a pretty early pretty early effort like during a time when there are procedurals but it's kind of like hey we have one case to solve per week this is kind of early television where there's a narrative arc across the entire series and 95 through 97 is kind of early for that right yeah we're starting to see shows and i'm thinking of star trek here because that's like uh, like Voyager was on around that time and and like Star Trek was always a procedural which people kind of don't realize or forget but like Star Trek Forever was like we have one mystery to solve and we're going to solve it in this hour but then as when did 24 come out was that later after that yeah. because it was um early 2000s i want to say because you and i were to well it this doesn't really help but you and i were renting season 1 on Netflix through the mail <laughs> Do I say male like Harbaugh? Harbaugh says milk. Um, uh, but that would have been probably like what, 2003, 2004 that you and I were kind of binging it on Yeah, because it was definitely after college, so it yeah. had to have been. Okay, so well, anyway, the late 90s, some of these procedurals were starting to do like multi-episode arcs. Yes, and yes, that was kind a of very special edition. A special yeah. will do like, oh, a three-episode arc or yeah. a show where something that happens in you know early in the season is then is folded somehow into the you know the the plot of of the later episodes and it begins to take on a little bit of a consistent life throughout the season but yeah it was a it was definitely like an ev- an evolution in television um yeah and apparently this this show murder one was specifically following one case are you doing that cuz i have something on my face yes. oh, oh i right. i had i had um I had a weird tissue fuzz on my face. Thank you for that. Um, I, uh, well, I'm sorry I didn't just say something. Though. I'll cut that all out. No, I won't. Um, this, I guess, um, focuses on a, a defense attorney who I think that it it begins in season one with him getting this kind of suspicious guy off the hook for a, a murder. But then when he gets that guy off the hook for murder, the cops accuse another guy for the same murder, and now this this lawyer Theodore Hoffman or Teddy Hoffman has to represent this other guy as well. If I'm, I don't really understand the justice system. I guess Theodore Hoffman is a prominent defense attorney in a prestigious Los Angeles law firm. After successfully defending the wealthy but suspicious Richard Cross in a lurid murder trial, he's now involved in the defense of Neil Avedon. Neil is a famous young actor who has had severe drug and alcohol problems and was subsequently charged with the murder after Cross was committed. I guess I could have just read it, but that's basically what I not said. Not committed, right? acquitted. Acquitted. I'm sorry, not committed. That was an, that was an important correction. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it says, the single case will run an entire television season interspersed with bits from other cases that the firm is involved with. Okay? I see. Okay. So anyway, it looks like that's kind of an early description because it says it will, the season will contain that. But um, I thought that was all kind of interesting. This is a situation, though, where... 
I didn't know any of that. All I know is I'm watching this VHS tape and I keep on seeing commercials for Murder One. And I'm just like, okay, it's a procedural. But this one, I had no context for what was going on in the procedural game Mm -hmm. when I saw this commercial. And I was like, what? And then there's a reveal at the end. Now, this uh, commercial is very 90s. You have kind of a spokesperson. I don't know if he's an actor from the show or not, but he's wearing a suit. He kind of looks like a lawyer, but I don't... I don't think he's the main character on the show. Um, He's kind of got 90s glasses on, short 90s haircut, in front of one of those, like, kind of drapes that you would have your school photo taken in front of, right? Yep. And he's talking to us directly. And at first, you think he's talking about the show he's advertising, but he's not. He's talking about the competition. For over a year, one drama has been very popular on Thursday night. But there hasn't been a real drama alternative until Murder One. TV Guide calls it the best new show of the year. And about that other show? Well, just tape it and tune in to Murder One. Thursday, it's Two Counts of Murder, a special encore presentation. So as he's saying about that other show, we realize he's standing. It's very like, it's very 90s. They're flashing to like an old school TV that's sitting yes. there. It's like Extremely zoo mobile camera. Yes. And then we see that he's in front of like just kind of a cheapo VCR, a VCR that looks kind of cheapo. And he's putting a cassette tape that is handwritten ER right. on the spine the drama label. he's talking about of like, you don't, we know you don't want to miss this. But you should watch Murder One instead is so, uh, Juggernaut Drama ER. About that other show? About that other show, just tape it. And it, to underscore the point, we see him putting a oh home recorded How VHS pissed? tape of ER How into it. How pissed was the Murder One team that they had to go up against ER? Because ER yeah. was untouchable about that other I mean, show I why wa- not tape i watched every episode of it ER. and why wouldn't you just tape murder one then i want to play this part of the commercial again <laughs> and about that other show well just tape it and tune in to murder one <laughs> i just love <laughs> the fact that we just see like a vcr now i have one more um dazzling deet that i stumbled on because i was just like well what is the show and i'm like oh it's a stephen bochco show and i ran into this apparently stephen bochco i didn't realize that he had died do you know that he's no longer with us? I didn't know I that. I think he died a few years back. I was a big L.A. Law fan, which was oh, sort of yeah, where Stephen right. Bochco probably like really got made his bones. I thought he was more like Cop Rock is what he's known for, right? Yeah, he's known for Cop Rock. Well, he was involved with L.A. Law. And L.A. Law probably is like, is fair to say is like the biggest precursor of Murder One. Like L.A. Law didn't have a single plot arc for the entire season, but it would have like plot arcs that would last way more than one show. Um, yeah, that that does make sense. And I am right that Bochco was also like cop rock and he's also NYPD blue, right? That's I think the so, one yeah. that's the one that really stood out to me because it was kind of scandalous at the time. It was like, what? They're showing butts on network TV. Um That's what I mean. Like Bochco could call his own shots for a while because he had some big hits. So this is what I found interesting. It looks like a couple of months after Bochco died, his book came out. Uh-huh. Um, if I have the timeline on that right. And the lead the lead actor in the TV show Murder One was Daniel Benzali. Does that name ring a bell to you? No. When if you were to Google his name, I think you would probably recognize his face. Like he looks familiar to me from just like procedural type of shows, but I don't watch those, so I don't know what I know him from. You're I'm looking, looking at, at him, him now. Nothing. Um, he looks like a Nosferatu. Well, Bochco claims but I that don't recognize him. this guy who was the lead actor in the 1995 hit show Murder One, Bochco fired him because he was late every day because he stayed home to make his morning poo-poos. <laughs> 
I am reading this now. This is from Daily Mail. But the, you know the Daily Murder Mail. Murder one stat fired over number two. This is, you know how, I mean, the Daily Mail is, you know, what it is. But this is based on his book, right? It says TV producer Stephen Bochco says he fired lead actor from Murder One because one particular bathroom habit made him an hour late for work every day. Bochco says he fired Daniel Benzali, the lead actor. Oh, my God, um, my dude, take a Dulcolax. It says Bochco dished on the feces-related firing in his book, Truth is a Total Defense, My 50 Years in Television. He wrote that he tried to reason with Benzali to use the bathroom at work, but Benzali preferred to use his home's bathroom instead. I know a lot of men who won't use anything but their home bathroom. I mean, I was like that for a long time. I think college really broke that for me because you had nothing but a public bathroom there, right? And so you just kind of got used to it. I didn't, I didn't have an ensuite in my dorm. Oh, okay. Um, so did you? Um, no, not for, not, no, I didn't. Uh, I, I did not my freshman or my senior year, but my sophomore and junior year as I did. But like, okay, so you have the lead of a TV show. I mean, I guess it must be somewhat ensemble. You know, maybe it's at a, uh, I'm assuming that this is the guy who plays the lead defense guy who has to defend yeah, these, these murderers. So like if you've built a show around this character and this character is, or this actor is being such a prima donna that he's showing up, you, you either, you would just think that you change your schedule or maybe Bochco's like, fuck it, I'll just start cop rock or like you know what i mean like i mean bochco was a very powerful guy in television and i yeah. mean it probably felt like i mean is it ever really about one thing no that's exactly like right. i just don't believe that it's just that like it was probably a pattern of disrespectful behavior exactly bochco says uh when he arrived i said daniel you're an hour work for late you're an hour late for work every day and it's hurting us what can i do to help you with this problem daniel said to me I don't know what to tell you. I live in Malibu. I get up. I have my coffee. And then I have to wait until I have my morning dump. Unbelievable. I suggested the following. Get up. Have your coffee and come to work. Then have your m morning dump. Daniel said he couldn't. That once he'd had his coffee, the drive was too long for him to hold his dump in. So I mean, that's L.A. traffic for you. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's really... That's um, really what the story is here. So anyway, um, just a lot, a lot coming out of that Murder One promo. And apparently so, so many awesome headlines about Murder One star fired over number two that yeah. were just like left, <laughs> left on the left on the field there. You're right. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I'm kind of disappointed in the Daily Mail now. I feel like they should have really hit those puns that you were just coming up with. Well, they're not the New York Post. I know. The New York Post would have, you know. Yeah. That's what you can count on in this life. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show that I had talked about this old 1995 Oberto turkey jerky commercial it's one of them that i found on a vhs tape and i uploaded it to the youtube channel now this was part of a campaign because i found a, a, at least one other as well where we see this in, in commercials today too where the idea is somebody sort of like pitching a commercial you know it's like kind of meta in that way right and in this case it's like a kid who's talking and and not even you know even stumbling around a little bit like me um about like this idea for a turkey jerky commercial involving turkey dinosaurs and then it's kind of it's kind of animated and, and kind of claymation um and also there's like an actor who plays like the scientist yeah. i'm sorry archaeologist the animation gives me a real dark crystal vibe yeah it's kind of strange so here let me play the commercial then i'll tell you about this comment that we received 
See, there's, see, a long time ago, when dinosaurs ruled, the biggest dinosaur was the mighty Turkeyosaurus. And, and they were all feathery and stuff. Until one day, these huge unfair asteroids came and squashed the Turkeyosaurus. And later, a scientist, I mean, an archaeologist dug them up and ate them. And I really that's how they discovered hmm? Alberto turkey jerky. It's 98% fat free. Alberto turkey jerky. I really love that ad. I really wish that when the kid corrects himself and says the scientist, I mean an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. I love it. They had had a guy or a, or a person. Oh, that would have been in funny. A, in a white lab coat and then like swapped it out for what the actor yeah. ends up being, which is like khakis and a pith helmet. Yeah, that would have been funny. Uh, like yeah. a little drunk history. A little drunk history. Yeah. yeah. But, but small, small quibble. Otherwise, I really like the ad. Well, somebody named Scott Gray on YouTube left this comment underneath that a few days ago. I was telling a co-worker about this tonight and she Googled Oberto turkey jerky. And here we are. I made the body for the turkey saurus. <gasps> or Turkeyosaurus, and I ran the eyes during the shooting. Wade Madsen was in the suit with a horrible cold. Jack Hodge did the art direction. <laughs> I think the producer was Blue Goose. I don't remember the name of the guy who created the head and the electronics inside. That is so amazing. Isn't I, that awesome? This, Like I said, this is what the internet should be for. I absolutely love this that. person who just like randomly Googled this Oberto ad that he worked on or his coworker randomly Googled it because they were having a conversation. And here we are. Yes. And now what I want to do is I want to play the other turkey jerky commercial that is in this um, in the same campaign, because I don't think I played this for you for you yet, Genevieve. This uh, one is the exact it might even be the same kid um, reading. I'm not sure. Um, but this one takes place in space. We didn't talk about that, no. did I? Um, but Scott Gray worked on this one too. He says, "I wish they'd gotten better shots of their feet. They were a hoot." Oh, sounds like somebody should check out the uh, Wiki Feet. <laughs> the Wiki Sir, feet. do I have a website for you? One of the spacesuits had O.J. Simpson's name in it, so I don't know what that, that means. Is so fascinating to me. Was it like a? Was it maybe a prop from another? Shoot? That's what I think because I mean O.J. Simpson did a lot of acting, right? Yeah, in commercials. He did. He and... was in commercials. Obviously, he was in the Naked Gun movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's totally possible that he had a a, a costume that was recycled back into some costume warehouse and it did have his name on it. I'm Googling now O.J. Simpson astronaut commercial. For some reason, I'm getting wiki feet. Um, Okay, so here's (laughs) this. uh, This is, again, from 1995. This is the... Berto turkey jerky commercial. This one is called Space, and again, it's going to be narrated. See, there's this giant turkey spaceship, and and they see this black hole. And if they get sucked in, they're they're going to be smashed into tiny turkey bits. Then the captain yells, "Reverse the thrusters! Turn around! Go backwards!" But they can't, and they crash and come into Earth, and uh. And now they're Alberto turkey jerky. <laughs> it's 98% fat free. Alberto turkey jerky. Um, so it's a bunch of turkeys in the spaceship that is also shaped sort of like a Compressed into a... Yeah. Also, they get yeah they get the gravi- gravity waves uh, make them into turkey jerky. Fun campaign, huh? I'll I let you know if campaign, I uh, yeah. see any more. And again, I did you reply to the Scott guy? I did on on the the first comment that he left um, on the other one on the Turkeyosaurus one. So anyway, I thought that was uh, super interesting. Also, I love it. We got this audio message from listener Mike. Hey Andrew and Genevieve, uh, this is listener Mike calling. And I've got a PSA that I want to share with you. This is one I've been hearing a lot while listening to uh, the MLB playoffs. 
And I do say hearing because it is a, a radio ad, not a TV spot. So anyway, it's for helmet safety. And I kind of think of it as like the opposite of that hot oil PSA. And that instead of being terrifying, it's just absolutely hilarious. Um, I don't know if that's because I'm a terrible person or they just miss the mark. Uh, yeah, there's like six different voice actors in it in like 15 seconds and like each one of them deserves a Peabody or whatever <laughs> award commercial radio actors get. Go ahead, give it a listen, see what you think. Okay, here it is. Here's the uh, PSA about helmet safety. I see you finally got a new helmet. I did. Bought it cheap online. <laughs> Follow me. We'll turn off here. I'm right behind you. Watch the cars. They can be crazy. Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and his helmet is smashed. It's a brand new helmet. It's probably a fake. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart, buy smart. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Twist. There is so much going on in that commercial. First of all, that's McGruff at the end, yeah, right? I heard, I but never identifies. Never identifies himself. Also, he takes a bite out of crime, and so this is crime because selling people... fake helmets is a crime, Andrew. But like you would th- like a helmet PSA should be just wear your damn helmet. Don't... Not if it's a fake. <laughs> but like now it's what it's McGruff. Fake helmets are not a victimless crime. Of Andrew. All of the thing. Who's selling fake helmets? It's probably a fake. I mean, <laughs> how is how is that the PSA? Say. That is my how and this is new. This is twenty twenty. How that is, is that absolutely amazing? There's how just, is that the thing? How that, is that the thing? I don't know. There's a scourge of people making money by selling fake, quote unquote, fake bike helmets. Right. It doesn't even fake isn't even the right word there. Just shoddy is the shoddy. word. Is the word you're looking for? Yeah. I am. I should have unless looked it this says up. like it it meets some standard that it doesn't make right. Like in which case it is sort of a counterfeit. It's so But I don't know what strange. the helmet accreditation body is. Here, I'm going to take I a... wouldn't even know if I was like buying one that claimed to, to meet alert. its needs. There's little debate Sorry. that bike helmets save lives. 75% of all fatal bike crashes involve head trauma, and helmets are up to 88%. This of is from Consumer Reports, 2018. But while more people are using helmets, experts are sounding the alarm about a frightening con, one that could have potentially deadly consequences I'm for interested. you and your family. These are two bike helmets. The helmets are very similar. They look nearly identical from the outside. Clint Maticola should know. He's the head of helmet research and development for specialized bicycle components. He says looks can be deceiving. One's an authentic specialized helmet and the other is a counterfeit. Yes, one is a counterfeit. What's the big deal? Maticola performed an impact test required okay, by... Okay, I understand why it's bad to wear an inauthentic helmet. Right. But... Because sometimes they bust open like they're made of popcorn. But it's just like, to me, I just don't understand... I just don't understand. Like, what? who were the people who said, hey, man, let's get rich quick? Oh, really? You want to rob a bank? No. You want to hold somebody up? No. You want to take a half a... Pe- you want to collect all those half own, a pennies? You've answered your no. own question. No, let's start a fake... We're gonna make these things that look like professional grade helmets. But they're super helmets. cheap to make, right? And they and we we can sell them for the cost of a specialized. I and it's guess like, so. Why do people? You're asking that question like, why does anybody sell a, a fake Gucci wallet? Well, because you can make a lot of money selling something that was made for cheap in you know a Chinese factory somewhere. It was made for thirty cents and busts open like a pinata when you drop it on the ground. But you can sell it for one hundred fifty dollars like a specialized helmet. That's 
that's how that's why people do fakes but the problem is a gucci wallet's not going to kill you yeah and a, a fake helmet will i guess i didn't i guess i didn't realize how expensive real helmets are sure. so if they're as expensive Anything as, as like, like a luxury like item and it's going to save your life i guess that's and you know what now that we've had this conversation I'm going to remember it. Yes. You and I have been taking those. Um, we've been renting those oh little bikes around don't town. Don't even I, tell people how bad I've been about not wearing my helmet. I'm going to. And I don't have a helmet because you're just like. Hey, you're my coming, helmet's in the garage, but coming, I don't want to carry it with me everywhere. Uh, yeah. And I don't have one because I don't have a bike. But you're coming back from somewhere you're like, hey, let me grab this green bike. Next thing you know, you're driving through terrible traffic. And you're just like, why am I so exposed out here? Yeah. And I am going to get a helmet. And honestly, now I guess I will think about this. I won't just like buy one. I guess also buying them online. You go to yeah. you go to Amazon or wherever and you're just like, oh, well, this one is like $40 cheaper. Of course, I'll buy the cheaper one because yes. nobody knows they don't work until they don't work. And then I don't know if the first thing you're going to do when you have head trauma is go... Uh, to Amazon to leave a bad review for the helmet you bought two years ago. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a thing. It's like it's a very hard crime to prosecute or to catch. But I, I think it's actually kind of a worthwhile PSA. Wow. Thank you, Mike. I really came around on that. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. One more thing on that, though. Okay. You know that whole thing, if you're a cop, you got to tell me? Right. Well, that's an urban legend. But sure. I would say that if you're McGruff, you do have to tell me because I recognize that voice. Uh-huh. But if you don't recognize that voice, that's a weird voice to be coming in at the end. Well, there was, as Mike put it, there were a lot of people doing voice acting. There's a lot of this. stuff going on a there. A lot is happening. I agree with you. I think that... That commercial, although an important message, could have been really streamlined from a writing perspective. Yeah, although if it wasn't somewhat mockable, you might just re you maybe we wouldn't remember it. It's sticky. It's sticky. It's sticky. Uh, I wanted to talk about something else that Mike said, and you you took us to the close music too quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I did skip over this part. Yeah. Mike said, "Please, for the love of God, make at least one episode of a podcast where Genevieve explains a movie to Andrew." Every time you'll bring it up on the show, I love the idea more. This was our original idea for a podcast. Yes. You explaining movies to me that I haven't seen, but you saw at some point at some in your point. life. Uh, yeah, you could maybe pre-record one and just keep it on hand in case you don't have t time to record a new ATM one week. That's a that good idea. I love. That's a good idea because sometimes we do travel, believe yeah. it or not, even I leave and it would be, the house sometimes. It would be fun to have something we could just pop on the feed if yeah. we really needed to. What movie should we pick? Well, I think it would have send to it, be... Send it in, put it in the comments of this week's or, uh, or Facebook. Or should people just send it to me so that it's not too much? Because I think the beauty of it would be if you're not thinking about All it right. too much in advance, Okay, right? yeah, then just... Um, Email it, uh, put in the subject line movie, um, and but don't put in the subject line what the movie is, and then I'll just forward those to Andrew. Yeah, or, or I'll just say them and you won't open them. And you can email us those ideas, movies you want Genevieve to explain to me. Email after these messages show at gmail.com. That's after these messages show at gmail.com. I don't know how the kitten knows that we're wrapping up right now, but he just woke up for the first time and is ready to get out of here. So am I. You can call our voicemail line at 607 444 5597. Again, that's 607 444 5597. You can leave us a message about anything or you can sing us one of your favorite or least favorite commercial jingles. And then we're also on Facebook, right, Babes? On Facebook and YouTube. So check us out there, and we'll talk to you next week. Just Google it, you dingus. Rest with me. Next to me is a table with empties. Don't tempt me.